The views expressed on the Health on a Wind podcast is not a substitute for the medical advice of your licensed physician, nurse practitioner, or any other health professional whose care you are under. Consult with your healthcare professional about any matters relating to your health and health needs, and before beginning any new health program or implementing any health information discussed on this podcast or on whatismyhealth.com. This recording contains sensitive content, including references to drugs and alcohol, that may be triggering to some listeners. Discretion is advised. Playing it in my head and I could see that change back now. It's like, oh yeah, no. So he was thinking, he was aware, just like playing it in my head. Because again, like at the time, I'm just, you know, you don't want your whole cards to be revealed. And if anybody gets close to your secret, you know, and it's funny because we were watching Dexter. Yeah, well, yeah, the you know, like, and I had well, I had my about- own, yeah, I had my own hidden agenda, like my own little thing. I wanted no one to know. People could tell it, but yeah. at that point, it hasn't even gotten it hasn't even gotten to the worst yet. So. so, I moved out of out of New York for a little while, so it was easy for me to not be around because I just literally wasn't around. Mm-hmm. And then I guess. Not that we ever completely lost touch, obviously, but you know, there was a while where we didn't we didn't hang out, we weren't driving around. I didn't really I guess we didn't talk very much. Where I'm at with you after that, I thought where me and you kind of picked up next was talking about more coming up to like your wedding and whatnot. Oh. Yeah. That's when I feel like was kind of like, yes, we went to I think we went to Atlantic City. <laughs> that was hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. That was great. You also came to visit me. Yes, I oh, came to visit you and we were good. We were good on that. But then that's when it was kind of like where you distanced me. It was literally like at that point, that's where you kind of put your your foot down and just said, yeah, no, in, 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 small little, in small little increments. I would come hang out with you. You know, the name that tune thing. I would do that. Every, I did that a couple of summers. Yeah, yeah. That was, bas- that was basically it. Like I kind of just. I knew I was going on a new way and I was like, like, you're, you're too good. I, I, I can't, I can't bring you on with this because I'm just going to hurt you. Like I knew what I was doing to you. I just didn't care. I just, unfortunately, and that's why I said I apologized earlier, but no, I, I, just, I just didn't care. I, di- I didn't care. But, you know, naturally once like it came time for me, you know, to want you to care about me, it was like, I never stopped, by the way. I never stopped caring. I just didn't right. know what to do about it. <laughs> you, didn't, you, didn't, you didn't know what to do with it. You didn't know what to do about it. Okay, so you came up to visit me at, at my uh, new apartment in, I guess, December of 2011. We went to Atlantic City in, I guess, January of 2012. Yeah, that sounds about right. And then, um, for as good as my memory is, I'm kind of getting spotty as far as how much more we did after that. But I guess it would have been about getting closer to the wedding and stuff i saw you yeah it, it had been i guess when we went to the funeral that was like the next time that i started talking to you with your you, with, with your wedding so yeah i remember we were in the church and you came up and you sat we, we sat together at the funeral by the way we had been probably a few years since we had really hung out at that time and we i felt like it was like nothing had to, like we just we were back to our impressions we were back to like one-liners we were back to like all the stuff with, you know so like the friendship for me at least you know we had bumps in the road but like i still it was it was like we never stopped hanging out but in the back of my head i'm like man i i was like i 
I can't remember the last time I really hung out with Rich. I know it's been a while. And that's when I, I asked my, you know, my now wife and fiance, I was like, do I invite Rich to the wedding? Because we hadn't talked or really done anything. We hadn't hung out well, in... up to that point. Cause like you were literally close to getting married. Like it was your yeah. bachelor. It was like, it was like, yeah. a... and I'll admit everyone was talking about it. And I was like, where was my invite? Like what? Yeah. That's how delusional I was. Yeah. I took I... myself out of the equation. The point that I feel like we're having these conversations and we're making this something on here is to show that like there's a relationship and what addiction can do to a relationship and how, how two people handle it and just like there's the person with the problem the person without the problem there's a split there's there's my problems and then there's your problems but when i want it as an addict when i want to put myself back in your life you know that's when i that's when all of a sudden it's like well well, what about me man What, what the hell was that and i i created this whole thing in my head that wasn't that wasn't actually there it was actually me, you know, you, again, like I said before, you did the right thing by pushing me aside and saying, well, not really, look, I'm saying it that way. Yeah, yeah. The way, but the way that, you know, I see it is that, you know, you just kind of said, you know, just back burner, just put them on the back burner and, you know, see what happens. And I just, in my head, I was like, well, no, I mean, whatever. But, you know, once it came time to it, it was like, oh, what the hell? Yeah. You know, but this wasn't untrue in that I did, there were certain invitations we sent out that got kicked back to us in the mail. And I don't know if I actually, I don't know if I ever told you, I didn't initially send you one. I think I told you cause I felt bad and, and I felt awkward. I, and and I, I knew it and I knew it and yeah. I knew it because my delusional thinking, I realized I was like, why would he not send me one? Yeah. And, and, and but I, you know what? He shouldn't have to, you didn't have to. But you did because you did because you felt bad or whatever. But in my head, like I was just I was very angry at that. But as I got as, it, you know, as things moved on, I was like, even in my messed up head, I'm like, well, why would I honestly be mad at that? Like, I, I obviously did that. Like, there were reasons and other weddings and situations why I wasn't involved. I ruined it. <laughs> you know, yeah, like yeah. I ruined it. You didn't do anything wrong. And as I was kind of saying before, the reason why we're having these discussions on this podcast and about addiction is because it's your mind, it's health, it's, it, it's, it's the way you're supposed to live. It's the things that we're supposed to be doing as friends, as humans, as good people to one another that addiction can instantly just take away. We laugh and as you said, things go right back. Hell, are you kidding me? I was thinking of jokes this morning, like, oh man, like, what were we saying? Like, oh man, maybe he might bring up something embarrassing. You know, even in my head too, I started thinking about some of the, you know, the bad things. And I'm like, well, I hope he doesn't bring up that. And it's like, there's where we are. We're here. We're where I was thinking. Cause you know what? I'm thinking to myself, well, there's where you gotta own up for some things, Rich. You gotta, you gotta fess up and you gotta, you gotta be honest. Cause listen, this is this is a very good friend of yours who, as you clearly said, you know, you never gave up on me. But as I've told you, you did the right thing for yourself and the right thing for your future. And I I agree with it. And again, I'm not mad at any decision that you made because I I did it. I did it all for myself. Um, I lost control. Nothing, nothing was where I wanted to be. Um, I started to, I moved out, you know, I, I was a manager at the gym. Everything was fine. I mean, I dealt with those stresses by drinking just cause it was easy. And then, you know, they were catching on to that. And then obviously my, 
my girlfriend at the time broke up with me. We moved in together and then she broke up with me because of the drinking and I just completely lost it. I moved back into my room, a room that used to have so many memories, so many things built inside of it to just a deflated air mattress and a bunch of boxes. That was it. And a bottle of booze and a razor blade. That was what I slept next to for about two weeks. And then my mom said, you know what? I can't have you here. I want you to go live with your dad for a little bit. I tried doing that. I couldn't drink, but I would go to the bar and then go see him where I realized, well, I can drive. No, I can't, but that's where it kind of started, where it was like, all right, Rich, you're going to start doing that now too. And um, that's kind of where I leave. I mean, we can get back to that eventually, but if there's anything else you want to square away like with where we were at, any other questions, I mean. No, I, I guess just that um, in the spirit of we're being honest with each other, we're kind of owning up to some stuff. Like I, I, I had a very serious debate in my head about whether or not to invite you to the wedding because i had my list of people and you were on the list and then you know there were people that i saw regularly i was like okay well obviously they're getting invited and then there were people that um i might not have seen very much but they were like longtime friends and i was like yeah i'll invite them too and then i came to your name and i was like there are a couple things for me one um we were having an open bar and i was like i still don't think i knew I knew you had, you know, issues with alcohol, but I didn't know if you were at the point where you recognize, like, so at that point, as my mom likes to call it, I was a fall down drunk. I was a bad drunk. Mm -hmm. That's what a lot of my friends just didn't want to deal with. They didn't know I was a problematic drunk yet, but I was a bad drunk. None of you guys knew that I drank all the time because I was still a closet drinker, but a lot of you guys knew that either I showed up to wherever I was a little a little loose and ready to go or it was always just oh, there he goes rich paying himself throwing up or falling asleep standing up like that was i remember was, falling asleep standing up then that's what it was and a lot of people it was that point to like people who would go out with me drinking they were just like you know what like i'm not inviting him anymore because it's just like it's not like i was the fighter i was just like the one no. that just like weekend at bernie's like what are we gonna carry this guy around the whole time like no i don't want to like no yeah, I struggle with it because I there was like not that I'm responsible. I mean, I guess hosting my own wedding, I was in a way I was responsible for my guests in that I wanted to provide them with a good time, but I also kind of recognized that for you, that good time that I was presenting to everybody else might be problematic. I definitely didn't know the full extent of what was going on with you, but I knew from my experience you would fade in and out of not con you were always that's okay don't you were there but you, there but you weren't you don't there. have to sugarcoat it bro like believe me you can say whatever it is you want to say in all respects i still haven't even really told told my story i don't sugarcoat any part of it so if you have something you want to say like you can literally just you could say it like i'm not i think i i was i was afraid of who was going to take care of you if it got bad at my wedding because i had a different circle of friends that were there and you within that context would have been oh this is somebody from a different circle and he's one of two people here from that circle so it's not like i invited your circle of people to my wedding and it was like okay there's people who know and are going to look after him um and i was like i don't know i don't know if this is going to be a problem but i don't know if i want to put him in that position i want him there because he's one of my oldest friends but at the end of the day is that something that i want to have to deal with 
and I say deal with, I don't mean that as like, I mean, no, I, I guess I do mean, I, I guess know, I do, do kind of do feel it. you know what I mean. It's okay. It's okay. Is that you something that I want to have to address at my wedding? Exactly. And, and um, I, if I didn't see you at the funeral, I probably wasn't going to invite you. Well, and it's no disrespect. It's just, I, I, I just, I, I don't think at that point I intended. But then when you, when you sat down next to me, wow, this is, I'm, when you sat down next to me and we were just, it was like no time had passed. I was just like, this is still, this is still the rich that I became friends with in, in fifth, sixth grade. Like, especially when you, when you asked, I was like, I have to, I have to at least try to you know kind of extend the extend the olive branch not even an olive branch because there wasn't any i wouldn't say there was like a falling out at least in my mind there wasn't a falling out it was just we we had had grown apart um but i didn't have any ill will towards you or anything like that and i was like i feel like i have to at least try to you know show that (laughs) i know people use the term courtesy invite not that i wouldn't have liked to have had you there but I i felt like i at least needed to because you were one of my oldest friends at least need to try to invite you you ended up not coming anyway, but um, that was the decision was harder after we reconnected at, at the funeral because I was like, deep down, when he's sober, he's rich and I want him there. I just didn't know who I was going to get. And that's why I didn't ultimately, I, I invited you, but I was, I was hesitant about how that would go. That was what everyone went through. I didn't go to your wedding because of the same reason. I didn't know what rich I was going to give you. But again, these were all problems that I created in my head that I, I did to myself. I don't, I, don't, I don't blame you. I don't hold any grudge against you, your wife, your family, anything. It's just that these were things I did. So, you, I mean, you talked about from 2008 to 2016. This was shortly after that. Uh, all right. So my ex and I broke up in 2015, like late October. Okay. where she kind of put up her, I, I'm done. And then I, I had a chance to prove myself, but she kept coming home and I was always drunk. I like eat the couch that we bought. Like it was bad. She was just like, you know what? You're out. Um, November, December, the rest of the year went to hell. At that point, now it was a pint of rum a night, a pint of Jameson a night, and two tall boys or three tall boys every single night. And that just being that by itself. Uh, sometimes before that, I would go to the bar, have a couple of shots, maybe like six shots, six beers, and then do that. You know, things that happened at the gym in 2016. And then I eventually would have to, to leave. I didn't leave because of those things. I left because I, was, I, have, I had enough. Um, but that 2016, I actually ruined Christmas. Christmas Eve, I went out with a friend and everything was fine. I was laughing. I was having a good time. I felt like, cause I wasn't dating again. I was, I was trying and it wasn't really working out, but at least I was happy. I was golfing. I was doing things with my friends at the time. And he took me out Christmas Eve and everything went well. I got home and eventually, eventually at some point. And then at about four o'clock in the morning, I woke up hysterically crying missing my ex-girlfriend and I had a whole bottle of Bacardi Limon just sitting there and I drank it in a matter of three hours and ruined Christmas morning for my mom and my sister. 
completely ruined it. They didn't, we didn't do everything that we've been doing for all the years leading up to that. 30 years, everything was the same until that year. I decided, nope, we're not doing anything, nothing. And my sister opened up the door. She goes, you ruined Christmas. I went to work that next day or two days later and I looked at my boss. I was like, I actually ruined Christmas. He's like, well, how, how was your Christmas? And I'm like, I ruined it. He goes, how'd you ruin it? You didn't ruin it. I'm like, I tell Interesting thing. Um, that Christmas, my mom did tell me, she goes, you're a fucking alcoholic. And I said, yeah, I am. I finally was able to admit that I'm an alcoholic. Of Christmas 2016. Christmas of 2016, I was able to admit out loud to myself and to my family, to my friends, I'm an alcoholic. And then I met my wife. <laughs> I met my wife uh, a couple days after New Year's and uh, we met online and um, we both found out that, that the other one was adopted and that just immediately, that just, that took things off immediately. And I... I fell in love with her instantly. We didn't even meet yet. I was like, oh, wow, you're so cool. I met her and one of the very first things that I told her, I said, I'm an alcoholic. And one of the first nights we talked, I was like drunk. She had no idea. Mm -hmm. But um, I think eventually that kind of came too. But I was like, I have an alcohol problem. Uh, my ex-girlfriend broke up with me because of it. I said, and I don't plan on stopping. I don't plan on changing. And she was like, okay. <laughs> wow. And um, we went out on our first date and uh, I completely ruined that with my drinking. Any normal person going out on a date with someone you've just met would have ran and never called back ever, ever again. If they went on that first date, no way. But it was the two weeks building up to that, talking every night on the phone, texting all day that literally just cemented it that she even admitted to me. She goes, had we not done that, I wouldn't have given you another shot. Okay. And I took her out the next day. I woke up and I was like, oh man, I messed that up. You know, like, what's up? And she's like, yeah, I'm like, I can do that better. Do you want to come over? And she's like, yeah. Where did I take her? The bar. So we went to the bar and I drank again. And she just kind of was, I was like, well, then we went to the park and then we did other things. And then it just kind of went from, it went from there. And, um, you know, worked on it, worked on it. Then, you know, we tried moving out. Uh, we moved out together. I ruined the first night that we moved out. Now, there was another night I started getting addicted to another thing. And that other thing was drinking and driving. Even though I got my DWI back in 08, it's 2017 now. And I thought, you know what? I got to be calmer. I wasn't really liking the marijuana because again, once I, even once I was allowed to smoke again, it was not that appealing to me anymore because I just, I fell in love with drinking. I just, I wasn't as in love with marijuana anymore. Something that would keep me calm, something that would keep me laughing. No, I just, I fell in love with the downer. I fell in love with something when I was down. I just wanted to be more down for some reason. I don't know, but I fell in love with that. And so we moved in with each other and I just really got hooked on just drinking and driving. And it ended up becoming a really serious issue. Um, I, I mean, the first day we moved in together in 2017, I disappeared. She had no idea where I went. I came back from wherever I was. I think I owed somebody money. So I brought them money and then just eventually showed up. She was like, where the hell were you? 
I'm like, I have no idea. She saw me on like my Snapchat GPS apparently. And I was all over the county just driving around hammered. Uh, I actually messed up my bumper. I don't know idea how I did that. No idea. And that was our first day living together. I ruined that too. So a lot of our first after that, I was always very concerned with. So um, very, very concerned. So 2018, hell, hell. Uh, I left, I went to car sales. And during that, it just progressively got worse and worse. I tried to kill myself. Uh, my wife came home and well, fiance at the time. And even though I was like, once I asked to get, I asked the father for permission to get married, like he knew that things were wrong. I mean, he knew financially I was not good at all. And then knew something else was up, but didn't, couldn't, couldn't put his finger on it. But I just, come 2018, I just completely fell in love with drinking and driving. And at that point, I had no love for myself anymore. I didn't see anything. Um, it wasn't like I was digging into my past and trying to remember things that may be sad. I tried seeing a therapist and then she told me, she's like, all right, well, you need to go back to somewhere where you feel some sort of family connection. And I went to the gym and um, I'm saying this openly because I have said it before. Um, I was going there under the influence and um, it eventually got me caught and I got fired. And the general manager at the time, he was, he raised me. And he was very upset. And a lot of people were very upset to see me just no longer myself. At that point, um, I'd say all of 2018, I probably maybe had two days where I ate three meals. I maybe had um, two hands where I ate a whole meal and kept it down without throwing it up. I lost control of everything. All I could eat was maybe wings. I mean, I would all serious thing on the side. I Always wings, the wings. But that was all I could put down to be able to say that I had a, at least a meal and didn't throw it up. It was maybe, maybe under 10. I don't know. That was bad. And then, you know, showing up to the gym and everyone was like, oh my God, Rich, you look great. Me, I didn't feel great. But I look back at myself, I was completely thin. Now, right now I'm a little over 200 pounds uh, just because that's my build. I was 169 and I was really, really skinny. Everyone just kept calling me skinny because they always knew me as a little husky. And yeah. I was actually really skinny. I didn't feel skinny. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm great. No, yeah, I'm eating healthy. No, I'm lying. I'm floated. And, you know, I eventually got caught and I got fired. I started working at a bar. Why would I do that? <laughs> you know, I worked at a bar and then I was doing delivery services. I just completely lost it. I completely lost it. It just went downhill, downhill. Now, the part where like it really was getting bad was it was now we're, we're talking whiskey in the morning, um, which was not a thing for me. Like I was, I, I started doing beers in the morning, um, but then it was whiskey in the morning. Whatever whiskey I didn't finish at night, I was really drinking whiskey hard. Like I was whiskey, um, four locos, anything that was extremely hard, extremely cheap. That's what I was, that's what I was in. I wanted whatever was nasty would get me messed up as fast and as cheap as I could. Finding a quarter on the floor. Oh my God, give me a couple more of those. I'm good. Like that's, that was my happiness. And then getting behind the wheel. Like it was so, my mind was so delusional to think that that was right. But again, from your child's best friend to your family's worst nightmare. I walked into detoxes and I told this story, you know, to numerous people, you know, I walk in, you know, I'm 
to some of the other people that speak and whatnot. And they're like, well, what's this kid's gonna say? And I literally said, and I say it right now, I was ready to kill you with a smile on my face because I did not want to live. If you or someone you know is struggling with substance abuse and addiction, help is available. Visit www.help.org slash drug dash abuse dash hotline for a complete list of resources. Stay tuned for part four of this episode, airing March 9th, 2022.